God save the gracious six, long live a noble six. God save the six, do 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 do, send them victorious. Happy and glorious, long to reign over the West End. God save us, Thank you, thank you, London. Oh dear, I get worse at singing every week, <clears throat> which is going to make this episode interesting and welcome back guys to another episode of you have failed some more with me Sam Vader where this week's bonus episode is obviously going to be based off six which was the main topic of the main episode this week if you haven't checked that out yet please go go check that out and come straight back to this one although frankly it doesn't really matter um because this week I'm going to be doing the second civil war um, not Captain America. No, that, that doesn't count. The second civil war between the UK and the US. And on nothing more important than the topic of six, the musical. Because, obviously, it's a British musical by, well, design. It was written by two people in Cambridge and was performed here before it got out to the States. But uh, it also has a States version. It started in Chicago and has now moved to Broadway. And... It's also on other parts of the world, but I'm going to be talking about the UK versus US today uh, for two reasons. One, because I saw an article saying how Broadway's six is quickly taking over the musical world. And I'm frustrated because it's not Broadway's. It started here in England. So if anything, it's the West End six. Uh, so no, screw that. No. And two, I was listening to some of the American versions that came up on my uh, recommended feed on uh, YouTube and a few of them I really liked, I, I, I enjoyed and they did different things with the characters, yes of course they did, they're going to do different things but I liked for the most part all of them and then I thought oh let's listen to the American version of my favourite song, Don't Lose Your Head, my favourite song purely because I think I like uh, the portrayal of Anne Boleyn as, as a character and I didn't like it. I didn't like the American version. It wasn't until I heard the American version that I genuinely realised how much Millie O'Connell made that song for me. Because I always knew that she was my favourite of the English versions as well, as I expressed in the previous episode. She was without a doubt, sorry about the nasalness, I've still got my hay fever going on. Uh, yeah, she was always definitely my favourite of the English cast, full stop, let alone the English Berlins, in my opinion, obviously everyone's entitled to their own opinion and they can disagree with that and they might disagree with my analysis on on this podcast but she was my favorite of the english version but then when i listened to the american one i realized just how much i liked don't lose your head because i liked millie o'connell's performance i think i sort of realized that without her performance i didn't enjoy the song as much fully because obviously i still enjoyed it when i heard the american version it wasn't awful the woman can sing really well and all the other people who have played Anne can sing very very well but there was just something about Millie's performance and that's sort of what I'm talking about today in, in the new civil war it's six UK versus six US but really it's a uh, US Berlin versus UK Berlin and I have done a lot of extensive research for this and by that I mean I have listened to both Millie O'Connell's version and the uh Broadway version multiple 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 times today the broadway version of course being uh sung by 
Andrea Massa say it I I'm sorry if I'm I'm butchering the uh, name there I am truly sorry as to that um but yeah I'll be comparing I suppose their two versions and portrayal of the character and and how they tackled the song and I would like to say beforehand one I'm not attacking any particular actress uh on their choices and their portrayals obviously these are things that either worked for me and didn't, I can understand completely another person or another audience preferring a different portrayal, depending on what are your preferences. So I'm not attacking the actress, and especially not on their singing abilities. I can't judge anyone for singing, as you hear every week at the start of these podcast episodes. Um, but I'm not judging anyone singing here. I'm going to say flat out, both of them right now, both Millie and Andrea can sing fantastically well. And I have nothing against their singing abilities at all, I think. As singers and performers, they are both very good, very professional, very talented. This is more down to what I prefer for their interpretations of of Anne Boleyn. And if there is a bit of time as well, I don't know how long I'm going to ramble on about how much I love the British version and why I think the American version didn't work as well for me. Uh, I might talk about a few of the others as well. I'll throw it in here, but this is frankly... This is war. This is War of the Boleyns, my favourite historical figure of all time, and in my favourite musical of all time, and my favourite portrayal of a character in a musical of all time. So the US woman is sadly up against some very unfair odds right now. Uh, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to decide if something has failed or not. That That's my job. That's what I don't get paid for. And I like my job. So, without further ado, let's let's sort of get into it. As I say, I've listened to the two songs. I say two songs, it's the same song over and over and over and over again today. And every time I sort of realised, I think, I'd never realised what I liked about Millie O'Connell's performance before. I, I knew aspects what I liked about it, but it wasn't until I sat down today and really, really thought about it and thought, right, what does she do here that I enjoy so much that isn't done in the America or is done differently in the American version that makes me think, oh, I didn't, it just didn't work for me as much. And in fact, just before I sat down to record, there was one part of the song where I could hear something. There was something I could hear or and see that the performer Millie was doing that Andrea wasn't. And I literally sat there from, I've been sitting here for about 20 minutes listening to maybe one 20 second clip of the song from each of their particular performances trying to work out what it was that I could hear and see and eventually I found it so I have sat down extensively to find out sort of things that I <laughs> like and dislike about both of their performances and I think one thing to say from the get-go is the American show is a lot more jazzy it's a lot more well Broadway and that's by design. Americans, I think, like things all, you know, up in lights, glitzy, glamour. They're a more over-the-top nation when it comes to putting on their shows. And there's nothing wrong with that innately. And it works for quite a lot of the other other songs in the show. And you can see it in the costumes as well. They're a lot more jazzed up and a lot more bejeweled and bejazzled. Whereas the English cast, the, the costume design was always fantastic. But they seem a lot more subtle. I think that's something else that works in the English version. And I sort of like that. It's the subtle subtlety to the show. Also the sarcasm. I think that's one thing that will be brought up a lot in this is the British humour. Six is obviously, as I say, innately British. So the humour 
is therefore also innately British. So to understand, there's a lot of things that would go over American audiences' heads or they just don't appreciate as much, like dry humour. And that is something that I feel like do, Don't Lose Your Head suffers in that case because out of all of them, I'd say it's the most British in terms of its writing with obviously the use of the word mate and <laughs> other sort of... It's got a lot of dry humour within the song where a lot of the other songs have humour maybe plotted here or there, but not really humour within the songs. It's in the bits in between the songs. Don't Lose Your Head is a song very much built on, I suppose, an irony based around Anne Boleyn and perceptions of her in real life and how she's done here, even from the get-go when she's introduced and all the others are like, the temptress, the man, the one to steal the man, the one with the plan, Anne Boleyn. And she's just sitting there on her phone, just messing, like, it's, it's clear this song and the portrayal of Anne is all about sort of turning expectations on its head about people who in history she's known for being its evil woman whereas in six that's not the case and I'm going to discuss here I suppose what a difference is Millie O'Connell I think summed it up perfectly in an interview she did just before uh, the performance in Norfolk uh, when she did an interview at the Dance Attic and she said Anne is just playful. She she's the kind of person who would press press a little button and an explosion would go off behind her and she'd sort of be a bit confused as to what's going on. She's not stupid, but she's just young, playful, maybe a bit naive and so she's not ditzy and stupid, but maybe she just doesn't understand the consequences of what she's doing. And to that extent, she's like a teenager. She's like a teenage girl that is just doing stuff, just trying to have a bit of fun and have a laugh, not really too concerned or aware of how maybe what she's doing is affecting the world around her. As I say, Millie had the perfect example of going into a building, pressing a small, unassuming button, and an explosion goes off behind you. And she's just standing there like, well, what, what's going on? That's how, obviously, Millie interpreted the character, and that's I like that about the character, especially as someone who knows the... Re- we don't know the real person, but knows of the real woman in history and knows that she has been betrayed as this evil, evil woman playing her as sort of just a young girl, just who wants to have a bit of fun, really turns uh, the expectations on its head. And that, as I say, that was the whole point of this. Millie also described that she's just, she's just talking to her friends. If you listen to Don't Lose Your Head, it's just a girl gossiping with her friends and just telling a story. And in that respect, when I look at Millie's performance, I see it as if, you know, if I was at school and I'd see a group of fr- uh, girls having a conversation talking about what they did over the weekend, she speaks and conducts herself in that sort of manner. Whereas I don't get that from the American version. The American version seems a lot more <coughs> like mean girls, where it's sort of more, I don't know, more of a, a I don't know how to explain it, but it's more just, hey, like when America's over-dramatised high school girls or secondary school girls if if you're English um whereas Millie's performance is a lot more subtle and to me realistic in the fact that she's just having a chat with her mates but once again I think the biggest thing of this is it comes down to I'm English so I'm not only gonna I'm gonna resonate easier with the English portrayal because that's that's how I would perceive people in that respect and that is probably a big thing of why Millie's performance works so well for me, whereas the American one doesn't. I'll say that outright. It's because I'm English, so I appreciate the English humour. I appreciate how 
I can see an English young teenage girl within that performance. You know, because let's say the American one seems too mean girl and dramatised, which American audiences like. But to me, I like the more realistic sort of just chatting with my mates on the weekend. Speaking of the word mate, another thing is sort of Millie's pronunciation of some of the words. She seems to... I, I don't know if it's intentionally or not, but I have a feeling it is, having seen her in interviews and heard her speak, she adds more of a Cockney twang or a Essex twang, bear in mind I'm from Essex, to the ends of certain words, like the bit where it's like, mate, just shut up if you, I wouldn't be such a, if you could get it up. Like, there's definitely the, the, the Cockney Essex twang added into that, which is obviously something I relate to, because despite the fact I try very, very hard to hide my Essex accent, is there because I am I am from Essex so I do possess that unfortunately but in that respect I can relate to Anne more because I can just hear a voice that I'm familiar with and that's maybe maybe that's a very big bias and it probably is and another big bias is the fact that as I said in the previous episode like the main episode to this bonus episode Millie was the first cast member that I sort of my eyes were drawn to in her performance so is that a bias or is that just how well she did her performance? Like, so I don't know whether to argue that's a bias or not, because yes, I was clearly drawn to her character from the beginning when I first saw Six on Britain's Got Talent. But at the same time, could that be a bias? Because clearly her performance in that performance was enough to draw me in from the get-go. So I don't think that is necessarily a bias, but definitely my my like of the Britishisms, definitely, yeah. Uh, definitely adds to that and I do respect that when I'm making these opinions and as I say if you have a different opinion it's fine good I'm very happy for you you can like any of the ands any of the English any of the Australian any American you know anyone can be your favorite and I'm not trying to discourage you I'm just giving my opinions on why Millie O'Connell is my favorite Anne Boleyn and why when I listened to the American one it just didn't work for me as well but now I suppose we could get into a few more of the specifics of the song that I have sat and listened to and broken down a lot today. So a lot of it, as I say, comes down to maybe changes in tone and changes of the song from British to English. So I noticed during the opening bit, when Millie's like, politics, aha, not my thing. Like they removed a lot of the haha, which I can't do it the way Millie does it. She, It's very sharp the way she does it. It's, it's a very sharp haha. But it had, to me, it always added sort of a cheeky sort of vibe to it, a teenage, you know, playful vibe. But it had the sharpness of, once again, a, a Brummy accent. I'm not not denying that at all. Those were removed from the uh, American version. The one hat she does is later on. It's like, soon your daddy said you should try and get ahead. Do, 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 do. He wanted me, ha, obviously. They do that bit. Um... The hat didn't work for me there, but I I feel on the American version. But maybe once again, that's just down to accent. So I'm, I'm not really counting that. I just wanted to say that was the one hat they did. They did include. So they didn't cut all of them out. If you, there are some ha-ha fans out there. Um, once again, I'm very sorry to Millie O'Connell for butchering um, your brilliant take on, on the laugh. Um, that sounded awful when I did it myself. And I felt bad because you do it very well. Um, so I am sorry if, if you are listening, it'd be great if you are, that'd be amazing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the has not a big deal. 
uh, at the end of the day, it was just something I thought I'd bring up. The first thing that I think really strikes me as completely different is a line I've already mentioned where they do the, and then my daddy said, you should try and get ahead. In the English version, I say, especially Millie's in her portrayal, it's very clear the sarcasm and the underlying sort of undertone of sexual maybe nature there sort of lining out the rest of the performance and then the rest of the show because the rest of the show gets quite uh, dirty joked after that as well whereas the American version doesn't really have that I don't know if when they got the adaptation they just didn't understand the joke or they just didn't think it would translate well because Americans don't British people have a very dry sense of sarcasm and humour I'm a very big example of this, and I think this is one reason why I gravitate towards Millie's performance a lot more, because there's a lot of that in her song, Whereas, and I'm a very dry-humoured, sarcastic person as well. I'm, I'm terrible for it. I'm the kind of person that is just 100% sarcasm. Never sincere, except for when I'm doing stuff like this. I am genuinely honest in giving my opinions and stuff like this. i pushing the boat out a bit, trying not to be as sarcastic. Um... So that line there, where it's like, soon my daddy said, you should try and get ahead. Like, it, it Millie has the sort of flirty, sort of sarcastic, there's definitely an undertone of that line's not exactly what she's saying. Whereas the American version just, just sings it normally, which, as I say, isn't bad. She can sing very well. I'm really not trying to take that away from her. But at the same time, I definitely think it takes away from the overall tone of the song being quite a underlyingly sexual one a cheeky sort of teenage rebellion type thing with a playful teenage girl and and that line being that different i think really sort of detracts from that in a way that doesn't ruin the song but it's not the same i think that's gonna be my big problem here it's not the same and you get the same thing where it's like well i didn't know i would move in with his missus Millie has, once again, more of a, a sharpness to her voice when she says that, but probably a British sharpness. It's not as sarcastic, per se, but there's a sharpness to it. The, the American version, it just seems more soft. It's, I didn't know I would move in with his missus. And once again, I'm sorry, I'm butchering both of your voices. You've both got brilliant voices. I feel very sorry for that part. Um, ignore my interpretations of how you sing, because I can't sing. But... The difference in the portrayal of the lines, I think, adds to why I prefer one over the other. Millie's has a lot more of a sharp sort of in with his missus, sort of like an, like a bit of an annoyance to it. Like, you know, he's just sent me all these nice letters. Why has he moved me in with that woman? And once again, keeps the Cockney slang that I sort of adopted there. Whereas the American version just doesn't seem to portray that as much for me and then you get to one bit and this is accent and i don't want to bring this up but i will because it just seemed a bit jarring as a british person it it's the fitter and bitter bit right because obviously for an english person you can be don't be bitter well because i'm fitter it works in an english accent we say it like that that's fine americans don't have that so they but she does and to all her credit try to emphasise it because of the way it's meant to rhyme and fit into the song's tone and tune, she does try her best to go, don't be fitter because... or don't be bitter because I'm fitter. So she does try there, and I'm not... and I'm not discrediting that, but it sounds too jarring because she's almost trying to force the British accent there. And on the one hand, should she have then done the whole song in the British accent? 
well, no, because then should have the whole American cast do it in a British accent? It just doesn't fit with the rest of the song. That it almost feels like a forced British interpretation. But it's something I suppose she had to do for the rhyme to work. But at the same time, it made it so that it just felt a bit jarring when I watched it. Whereas Millie's just flows a lot easier because it said how it's meant to be said because it was written by Brits. And is that unfair in my judgment? Maybe, but my judgment is still what it is um and another thing millie has a lot more facial expressions i feel like the broadway focused a lot on the singing and 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 the and the extravagance and and the lights of it and that's not bad that's a very american thing and i love that i, I love it so much like it's brilliant it's fantastic but at the same time Millie puts a lot more subtle facial expressions into it when obviously I can't show you what they are and you can't really describe a facial expression either, but her face is more alive and her actions feel more alive, like a playful teenager, like what like she's meant to be portraying. And just subtle things like that, I feel like really just make Anne in the UK version stand out. Um, one other thing, one of the main things that I think stuck out to me that really took away from what was going on was the bit where, so Anne, Anne's given her whole, um, you know, if you could get it up and she's done her whole, you know, she's fucked up for the last time, essentially. She's made her final mistake. So I just dropped my pen. Uh, I have notes in front of me that I wrote up this week because I wanted to get this right and then make sure I analysed it properly. So yeah, Anne's just given her sort of, she's made her final mistake you know she she's made her final thing and this time the consequences are too much to come back for she's gonna have her head chopped off obviously all the other queens around her all her mates that she's chatting to about this like you would in a playground you'd imagine no you're being stupid you know what were you meant to do thinking she's joking again and that she can't be in that serious of a situation but you can see in the background Anne's having She's having a panic attack, really. She's realising, shit, I've actually dug myself this massive hole this time. Like, no, but what was I meant to do? But what was I meant to do? And Millie, I feel like through facial expression and erratic movements, she seems like she's having, she's panicking. She is having more of a panic attack here. Like, she's actually like, oh, God, no, what have I done? What's, what's going on? What sort of what an actual person I feel like would be going through in that situation? Maybe they'd be a bit more ecstatic if they found out they're about to lose their head. But in real life, but, you know, I've never met anyone who's been in that situation. So we can't really judge. You know, that's just that's how the cookie crumbles. But so Millie has this real sort of panic to it. And she seems erratic in her movements and her facial expression has this facial expression of dread on it. Like, oh, God, no, what's, no, this can't. What? No. Uh. And she's going around and her voice carries a sort of panic as well in her inflection. It's like, no, but what was I meant to do? No, seriously, what was I meant to do? Whereas, and then straight after that, it, it goes to a, no, but what was I meant to do? And she doesn't really raise her voice. She keeps a sort of panicked thing the whole way through as, as she finally goes to the guys. No, no, no. But, and she goes, no, 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 but seriously, guys, no, he's actually, he's actually going to chop my head off. And she keeps that panic in her voice and sort of the erratic movements and sort of the inflections in her voice showing panic and her facial expressions shows the dread. Whereas the, the American version, she doesn't seem to be in that much of a panic when from the performances I've seen, she's like, well, what was I meant to do? Well, what was I meant to do? Like, you can see that she's a bit concerned. 
But that's it. If anything, it's just a little bit concerned. <laughs> I'm only going to lose my head. Like she seems a little bit concerned, whereas Minnie, Minnie, Millie, sorry, seems like she's in a full-blown panic at the time, and it, <laughs> it's quite. It adds to the humour, I suppose. But especially the next bit, because then the American version, um, Andrea, sorry, I keep saying the American version, I should say her name, I feel bad. Um, I spend more time talking about the English cast with my friends, because obviously they're who we've seen and stuff. Um, yeah, so she then goes from not seeming to panic as much, to then when she goes there, no, no, seriously, guys, she seems to actually scream it more, like more of a shout, and it seems like too much of a contrast to go from not not panicking too much to... Holy shit, he's actually going to chop my head off. And that, that's, as I say, I, the other people could watch it and see it differently. But that's how I see it with the American one. She's gone from, no, but, no, no, seriously, guys. No, what was I meant? Come on, what was it? To, holy shit. Whereas Millie's is more, no, no, guys, what was I meant to do? But what was I meant? No, 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 guys, no, 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 seriously, guys, seriously, guys. He's actually going to chop my head off. <laughs> like, she's actually got the nervousness of, like, I can imagine some... Some girls done, one of the girls in the group at school has done something over the weekend, you know, like burnt, burnt a house down and the police looking for her and all her friends are like, oh yeah, no, seriously. And she's like, no, 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 seriously, guys, seriously, guys, no, no, what was I meant to, like, seriously, I'm, I'm screwed. And so it keeps the consistency of a nervous, panicked teenager, whereas the American one doesn't seem as urgent and then suddenly screams, no, no, seriously, guys, ah, holy shit, ah. and... It just doesn't work, especially then going into the major punchline of of the sh of the song, which is the well. I guess he must have really liked my head, and then the what with the mic, um, <laughs> and the punchline. I feel like not only was the lead up sort of done wrong in the American version, in my opinion, the punchline was messed up, right. And this comes down to, once again, British versus American humour. Maybe it works better in the American version for an American audience. Maybe they prefer the English version. I don't know. But what happens in the American is she goes, I guess he must have really liked my head. And then does a really slow blowjob mine. Right? Which, okay. But then you've got Millie's version where she goes, where she's clearly still in a bit of a panic building up to the punchline so you can see that she's got that cheekiness to her as well she's she's having this panic and she's like no no i guess he must have uh really liked my head so it, it's dragged out more so she she doesn't just go straight from screaming to joke she goes from building up panic like epitome peak of panic to then slowly boiling down to the well i guess he must have uh Really liked my head. Quick blowjob mine. Five, six, seven, eight. Sorry, not so. So I feel like they got the joke the wrong way round. They rushed the the line, which was obviously he must have really liked my head. They rushed that bit, which I feel is the main joke of it. Is the because once you do the blowjob mine, it, it ruins the punchline. That makes any sense. That's that's straight away all lines going over your head. It, by Millie taking the approach much slower, like that. I guess he must have really liked my head it gives the audience more time to sink into the joke and for them to get the realization that oh that's what that line means oh <laughs> and laugh at it and then do the quick blowjob mine to emphasize you know what's going on and just to really take the joke another step further and then into it whereas the american one it seems to almost say the joke 
do the mime to clarify what the joke meant and then go into the song. And I feel that's the wrong way round. But once again, that could be down to audiences. Maybe an American audience wouldn't get the joke. So they've got to do the quick punchline to the exaggerated mime to explain the joke. Whereas the English audience just... But I don't want to insult an American audience and say they didn't, they won't get the joke. I'd like to think that they could. I know it's a very British, dry, sarcastic joke, but I'd like to feel like they would understand it. Like I don't want to insult them by saying they wouldn't understand a joke that is quite an easy joke to get in the context of, you know. So that one, that's one of my biggest bugbears of of the, the performance is is the joke is done wrong by in my opinion, by the American um, show and by Andrea, the fact that they sort of rush the punchline to explain the joke in a drawn-out way, whereas Millie draws out the joke so you have that time to realise it and experience and enjoy the joke before she does the straight-out clarification that, no, I meant blowjob with the little mime and straight into the the final chorus of the song, which is kick-ass! And that's one of my biggest cruxes of why I think that it's it wasn't it's not the same and I enjoy the English one more. They they let you experience the joke rather than just force feeding it to you. And I enjoy that. I like having I like being able to experience the joke rather than just being told, no no, it's a blowjob joke, get on with it. Like they feel like they're trying to rush, like they don't want you to experience the joke. And I don't I don't like that personally. That's that's my opinion, but that's how I feel. I want to experience the joke. I don't just want to have it thrown in my face like, oh there it is, we're moving on. Like, move on. We don't need that joke anymore. I'm like, oh, okay, sorry. Niggas in a twist. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. Um <laughs> But I also find that once again it comes down to the English pronunciation. I think that Millie gets it a lot more punchy and a lot more sharp. A lot more dry in how she says it because I say she adds the Cockney twang to it. So bits like the bit Henry's out every night on the town just sleeping around like what the hell? That's how it's gonna be. Maybe I'll flirt with a guy or three just to make him gel. Well, Henry finds out and he goes mental. He screams and shouts like so judgmental. You damn Ned witch! But there's just a certain punch and sharpness to how she's saying it. Because the English accent, and as I say, maybe this is wrong, maybe I shouldn't be comparing the accents, but I'm going to because that's a, I feel like people, obviously, accent's a big part of performance sometimes. Certain roles suit certain accents, and I feel like this is one role that suits an accent. And yes, that might be wrong, maybe, and the American version is still good, please, I need to get that across. <laughs> but... For me personally, the sharpness and the punchiness that you can get with Millie's portrayal really happens at home. Even like the final, don't lose your head, bang. Like, there's even a sharpness to that, whereas the American actor, it just makes it seem more soft. Don't lose your head. It's, it's very soft. Whereas the way I hear it, it's like a teenager sort of talking back to their parents. Like, don't lose your head. Like there's meant to be that sharpness, sort of like teenage rebellion thing to it. Not a very soft. It, the softness works in a way for the first two choruses, where it is a lot more dancey and ditzy, like do 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 do. Like, but then when you get to the final one, where it's a lot more of a rave essentially, and like she's really going for it, that punch really helps in that in that final chorus. Um, and that that's a big part of it, and I think. 
that comes down to the fact that the one thing, as I say, I was sitting here for 20 minutes trying to work out in this one clip what the thing that was missing was. And then I, when I realised it, I realised that was going through basically Millie's whole performance. Millie had attitude. My God, did she have attitude. Not as a person. She seemed like a very lovely person. Um, but her Anne had such an attitude throughout. Mate, shut up! The sharpness. She could throw an attitude in there that was so sort of teenage, spunky sort of, yeah, whatever. You know, like that sort of thing. The way that teenagers around here definitely act. And the American lacked that. She she didn't... The American... Oh, for God's sake. Andrea lacked that. Sorry. I, I sort of keep saying that. I've got... She does have a name and she's very talented. And I feel very bad that I keep saying the American. The American... I feel like Jeremy Clarkson on the Grand Tour when they replaced the Stig with the American. Anyway, Andrea didn't... She didn't have that. Millie had, she, to me, she had the attitude that just tied all the other points I've said together. She, she just, she had that sort of teenage rebellion. What do you want, mum? What do you want, dad? Why are you talking to me? Blah, 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 blah. Right, that's, that's sort of what she had. Whereas the, the portrayal by Andrea just didn't have that edge to it. It didn't have the sharp, the sharpness or the attitude. And then because of that, overall, her Anne seemed more dumb. As I say, sort of more mean girls, sort of. What? What are you talking about? Nah, like, it just, and that's not an accent thing. It, it's not. That's, I'm just, that's how mean girls sounds to me in my head when I picture it. Um, <laughs> I haven't watched the film in a very long time, if I'm completely honest with you. But I still wear pink on Wednesdays. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Not every Wednesday. I try to occasionally if you know I'm trying to if going out with people and I want people to get the reference. But um no, and I just feel like it's a lot more mean girls sort of like gossiping but sort of dramatized gossiping where you've always got the the stupid one that that makes silly comments. Whereas Millie's portrayed it in a way to me where she wasn't dumb. She was she was clever and she was witty and she was funny, emphasised by, once again, the joke adds to that. It shows that she's actually quite clever and funny and she can make a joke out of a bad situation because she is about to lose her head. But she's naive. She's not dumb, but she's naive. She's very clever. She's just unaware of maybe, like a lot of teenagers are, both male and female, that's not just a female trait. A lot of teenagers are unaware of the consequences of their actions. I've got a younger brother at the moment and he's like that. He'll do something and he'll not necessarily realise that there are repercussions to what he does. And that's sort of what Anne represented to me in, in the UK version of Six with Millie was that she was young, she was fun, she was playful, she was cheeky, she had a bit of an attitude to go with it. She was witty, funny and clever, but she didn't really understand that the world had consequences yet. So she's going around doing all these things just to have a bit of fun, you know, fun with the girls or just have a bit of a laugh, not realising that her having a bit of a laugh has consequences. There are things that can happen if you do something or treat people in a certain way. And unfortunately for dear old Anne Boleyn, uh, that cost her her head, um, both the real one and... Actually, no, the one on stage, Millie got to keep her head, and so did Andrea. They, they never removed it during the show, which was very fortunate. The real Anne Boleyn, not so lucky, unfortunately. Uh, 
But the real Anne Boleyn did actually make a joke just the day before the day of her death. She she made a joke actually, which once again goes to the categorization of she was a funny woman even in the face of panicking about to die, much like Millie's character version of uh, Anne. She made a joke. She made a joke about how she's got a large neck, so there's no worry that the uh, swordsman's going to miss. <laughs> you know, it's quite morbid but amusing. And see, so the humor translates and. That's what I really appreciated about it. I thought that Millie, she had the chewed, uh, what a pun. Oh, yes, that's, that's, that's made my day. Uh, <laughs> she's got the attitude. -er. Oh, God, that's amazing. Honestly, I should get an award for that. Um, I'm ever going to get an award or get this show taken off me at this rate. Um, <laughs> it's, it's been fun. Don't lose your head, guys. Um, no, but... <laughs> no, she's got the attitude. Uh, and she's got the wit. She's got the funny. She's She's got the facial expressions. The American one, as I say, it's a lot more jazzy. It's a lot more acted in a different way, where it's a lot more over-the-top, extravagant, lights, camera, action, glitz, glamour. Let's go Hollywood, darling. Yes, yes. Now I sound like the X Factor dude. But the English version, it had a lot more subtlety. It was a lot more real in that respect. It was a lot more down-to-earth, and I appreciate that. I'm not saying it was all completely down-to-earth. Some of the things that they talk about and were singing about, I don't think should ever really be topics of a joke um, in real life. And once again, as I said in the previous episode, that's the brilliance of Six. It balances some quite morbid topics and, and makes it entertaining. I think I'll digress slightly here to talk about the Catherine Howard versus Catherine Howard debate which isn't really a debate they're both fantastic in fact I enjoyed both portrayals uh if I had to pick one over the other I'd go for Amy Atkinson's in uh the UK over Samantha can't think of her surname off the top of my head in the US I know that uh, my friend Saffron actually prefers the US one that's fine she could Saffron like it's a good over dramatized thing she loves a bit of drama um which is what she said why she prefers it but they both do fantastic jobs in fact so the main difference is at the end they both sing the song brilliantly and perfectly throughout the english versus american accent doesn't really affect it it's a song that doesn't really have britishisms in it so it isn't affected by a change in accent at all the only difference is when you get to the final uh chorus and Catherine howard is realizing that nothing's different she's been mistreated and abused again uh Amy's portrayal shows more of the anger. Like you can hear she growls more in that final riff. Like there's more of a growl, more of an anger and an aggression in her performance that she's realized she's been taken advantage of again. Whereas the American version <coughs> goes for more hysteria. She goes for more like she's crying, like she's just breaking down over all of it. And both approaches are very good and unique takes on the character. And both work very well. So I just, I think I prefer Amy Atkinson's because I say I, I watched the English one time and time again. So she's the one that I got used to watching and hearing. So her voice, if I ever listen to the song in my head, that's the voice I hear. But I, I agree, both are brilliant performances. So it can work. I feel like nothing against uh, Andrea. I feel like what really doesn't help is Don't Lose Your Head doesn't translate well into American because it's a very British ism based thing. Like you've got to have that British attitude 
for me personally, this is what made the song for me. You got to have that British attitude, that British sarcasm. Um, whereas other songs don't don't have that necessarily in them. The other one is Anna of Cleves. Her song's a bit more uh, cheeky and British, but it it translated better. I don't know what it was about "Don't Lose Your Head." Maybe it's it's my mass favoritism towards Millie O'Connell. Perhaps, very likely, I'm not going to deny that. That might have a big part in this. But I just feel like Don't Lose Your Head as a song didn't doesn't translate well because it's a very English-based song in f- terms of some of the words and, and rhymings and phrases. It just seems very British and very... You've got to say this in a Cockney British accent or in an English accent to get the attitude and fierceness and and the naivety across that the song was going for. I feel like a British accent and a British approach is the best attempt for that song in the way that it was written. Um, that's my opinion, obviously, as I say, like you might say that differently. And once again, Andrea can sing in that final chorus where they, where they both get a chance to really sing. Both of them are absolutely fantastic. Do I have a favorite? Yes. Is it still Millie? Yes. But, they can both really sing and they can both really perform. I just feel like the different approaches both chose to take led to different different ways the song is said and different ways the song is received. And in that case, the way I received it, I preferred Millie's far more than I preferred the US version. And that's sort of where it leads me to, the fact that Neither are bad, depending on your opinion, the way you like to hear it. If you want a more ditzy, gossip girl, dramatised version, you'll probably like the US one version. If you want a more gritty, real version, Millie O'Connell is your best way to go for it, because she she has that. She, as I say, the charisma, the facial expressions of just a teenage girl who's fed up. Uh, <laughs> trust me, she has it. It's just the eyes. <laughs> The attitude, the, the facial expressions of a fed-up teenage girl. Just the klutzy, uh, just sort of, bit of a klutz, just sort of, oh, what did I do this time? You know, just that sort of thing is what she what she has. And that's where it, it stands out for me. So I'm not going to say that Six USA has failed, because that's a bit harsh. However, this is civil war. One must win, one must lose. In the Battle of the Ands, the Battle of the Sixes. And the reason the Battle of the Ands becomes the Battle of the Sixes is because all the others I enjoyed. All the others I thought there are parts of which you can say are better than another version. Uh, I haven't seen the full show in America, obviously. So I haven't seen all the talking bits in between. So I don't know how they put off the jokes there. Um, Although, once again, those jokes are very British in design and very dry, sarcastic humour. So... And I can imagine a few of Anne's lines there, like the, oh yeah, uh, how's your neck, by the way? Once again, it's a very British, sort of dry, sarcastic, attitude kind of comment. So maybe Millie probably would have delivered that better, in my opinion, as well. And judging by how they sort of handled the joke in Don't Lose Your Head, I don't know how they would have handled the jokes in uh, the rest of the show. Uh, so I can't really judge judge the whole show, so... That's why it hasn't failed like that. But as I say, whether I'd like all the other songs in the American version, as well as liking all the songs in the English version, the Battle of the Ands does, unfortunately, in this case, decide the Battle of the Sixes in this civil war, because 
there's only one of this is the only song where I dislike one and like the other. So as I said on Tuesday, six UK, you have not failed. But unfortunately, six USA, you have failed. You have lost the civil war. You're a good musical, but in the war of the sixes, you have not won this day, unfortunately. And uh I guess I guess that's all she wrote. Attitude, sort of what's going on, naivety, bit of sarcasm, bit of charm, bit of humour, and facial expressions that could win anyone over. Millie O'Connell, you are my favourite Anne Boleyn. You have not failed. And neither of you guys, thank you so much again for listening to You Have Failed Some More. I really hope you enjoyed the episode, and I will be back with you on Tuesday with another topic to decide if it has ultimately failed or not. Thank you so much for listening. Join the Discord and Twitter server, and I'll see you then.